I remember growing up, the wickedest and most evil thing you could say to someone was to call them a virgin. I remember people would celebrate by losing their virginity as soon as they were able. And being called a virgin was the most disrespectful thing anyone could say to you. But what does all that mean? Is being a virgin really that bad? All this today on the Beer Man Podcast. concept of uh, being a virgin, you know, the, 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 the more accurate term, especially in the context of relationships, would be delayed, in, delayed intimacy. This definition is more broad and pretty much brings in anything else, you know, foreplay, messing around. Uh, it doesn't have to do, it doesn't have to have anything to do with penetration. So d- delayed intimacy as it pertains to sexual activity um, is something that is shunned upon in society. I myself, um, I'm still a virgin, um, and and for a long time, I I don't know. I guess I just thought that it was, it was a terrible thing that I needed to get rid of, um, and and people who are my age never really never really understood why I managed to or how first of all I managed to retain my virginity um, for so long, and secondly why. Um, I'll try to answer both of those both of those questions, and then we'll kind of go into some facts a bit later on. So the how I managed was not believing that I was a hero. Um, don't get me wrong; I'm I'm far from innocent, uh, and I've made my fair share of mistakes here and there. But how I stayed away from penetrating, I would argue, or being fully sexually intimate with a, with a with another female was just a matter of me avoiding anything that would lead me up until that point. Um I like I I just I know I just denied every request for for anything that a girl would ask for because I knew that I wasn't a hero. I knew that as far as sexual indulgence was concerned I was just as weak as the next man and all all I needed was the right place and the right time you give me a a girl pretty enough you give me good enough music and you put me in the right room and that's it for me like I'm not a hero and so knowing that about myself made me aware of what I needed to do in order to avoid those kind of scenarios the why well because uh, for me Initially, it was because, you know, being brought up in a Christian household and being able to be brought up with those principles and uh, having a very moral and sacred view of sex. But as I grew up, I began to kind of, there was a time when I was 17 where I kind of strayed away from just because the Bible told me so explanation. I started looking looking into um, reasons why and psychological effects that, that retaining your sexual intimacy might have for you later on in life and as you grow older. Um, because the way I saw it was if God is telling you not to do something, then it's not because it's it's good to do. It's probably because it's bad. And if it's bad to do, then it probably has physical consequences and mental consequences. And if it does have those, then those can be observed and they should present themselves in the real world as opposed to just what we believe to be true. And so, you know, I did my research and... Uh, I found uh, quite a few interesting things. So for those who who don't, uh, for those who beat themselves up because you're 25, 26, 27, 23, 24, 18, 17, and you're still a virgin, you're actually in the better position here. Research shows that uh, those who have delayed 
their intimacy and relationships have a uh, their relationship stability their relationship stability pardon me was rated as 22% higher than those who didn't delay so the stability in a relationship is is increased by delaying sexual intimacy of any kind uh, relationship satisfaction was rated as 20% higher um, sexual the sexual quality of the relationship was rated as 15% better so those who waited until marriage felt better when they were having sex with each other than those who had sex outside of marriage because the truth is it comes with baggage um, and and we'll kind of get into a lot of that later on and also the communication between partners who delayed sexual intimacy was was 12% higher and this is I think the, the, the most important one uh, because what I realized growing up was that sex is a very good distractor right you can be happy with anyone if they're giving you great sex if if they are satisfying you sexually which is a big part of our characters and and and, and one of our greatest needs as human beings then you can pretty much forget anything but the problem is communication comes with practice and what you find is there are all there are there, there are couples who stay together there are couples who don't have good communication and who don't even like each other at all who stay together because they are wrapped together in their sexual life right they have such a good sex life that it almost trumps everything else but what that does is it bottles up all the problems and eventually they explode or every time they do explode they just have some more sex and so you find that a lot of people don't know how to communicate with each other because they haven't had the time to practice communicating because communicating with each other often means uh, challenging each other and and uh, confronting each other when things go wrong and genuinely sticking through that process and going through that conversation however if every time you want to confront each other or have an argument have a bad day you don't learn how to deal with each other but simply have sex of course your communication is going to be lower of course you won't necessarily talk to each other more of course there'll be a a 12% difference between you the person who doesn't communicate and the person who does uh, communicate Uh, uh, you know um, and so it's it's worth understanding the what what these things actually do because I think that the mistake we make is we we have this view of things that uh, as, as though th- these things kind of happen in a vacuum right as though sexual intimacy happens in a vacuum and it doesn't affect anything else in our personal lives but the truth is that that, that couldn't be further from the truth because any action that we do anything that we get involved with requires us to be a part of that right emotionally physically and and, and everything and so when we finally stop that action when we go away we take a piece of that experience with us whether it's in our memory whether it's in our mannerisms you know something about that experience rubs off on us and it it happens at a subconscious level and so when when we're walking around and dealing with life we're, we're dealing with life with these things on top of us right with these um, uh, habits that we've learned from being sexually intimate with other people and there's often an argument that is used uh, to say you know you wouldn't buy a car without taking it for a test drive Uh, that's a really bad example and a really bad argument for for several reasons the first is people aren't cars right you can't equate a person who has moral value to a, a physical item that you buy but that's exactly what sexualization does it reduces people to 
things that are to be used for your own pleasure. And even that example demonstrates the way that the enterprise of sexual promiscuity forces you to see people. So that's that's number one. So the second problem is that it places the value of the relationship on a sexual on sexual grounds. And what I mean by that is, let's say you know you do take the car out for a test drive, uh, which which is sex, and it doesn't perform well. What are you gonna leave? the relationship are you gonna what are you gonna do right um so that puts you in a very rock and hard place situation because if you do leave that basically means that you are basing the nature of your relationship namely the way that you relate to another individual the person you're judging them wholly and how they can make you and how they fit into your life entirely based on their sexual performance something which can be learned and something which can be developed and is unique to each individual uh so but then if if you if you if you're not going to leave based on their sexual performance and you're going to grow with them and learn with them why can't you do that while you're married why does it have to happen before you're married so it it doesn't work there either and finally you can learn how to drive a car properly specifically that car after having bought it so this idea that 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 form of thinking and that argumentation is 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 you you'd be you wouldn't believe how often i hear it but it's so it's so toxic and it leads a lot of people to just sleep around uh, without knowing what it does to them and that really and truly waiting will do more for them ultimately what it boils down to is a battle between instant gratification and delayed gratification and for those who don't know what i'm talking about it's 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 a bit like uh are you gonna play the short-term game or the long-term game right and instant gratification is this idea that when i feel something now i want it now delayed gratification is if i wait later it'll feel better and that's the same difference that you'll find between people who let's say go to university and go straight for the nine to five job versus people who start a big businesses and become entrepreneurs in a lot of ways that same mentality reflects not to say that having a nine-to-five job is a is, is a bad idea but the motivation behind doing that often for a lot of people is instant gratification they want to get that money as soon as they can get it but it's also the same mentality that exists for people who do drugs and, and all these kind of things this idea that now 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 i want it now whereas delayed gratification is waiting and understanding the value of something but also understanding that just because it's valuable doesn't mean i have to have it now it's more beneficial for me later on in this proper context where it can be used at its optimum at, it, at its optimum level and what that means is if this thing works the best and feels the best under these conditions then I'll wait until those conditions are, are there you know because that's where it's going to give me the best experience um, as opposed to let me have it now and 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 have a, a, a you know I, I, I don't know like a good experience I guess but it takes away from the future experience in a lot of ways now I'm aware that I'm talking to an audience of people who are ma- probably the majority of which are not even virgins. So I don't want to make anyone feel bad like they have no hope and and whatnot. So my advice is this: for those who are in relationships, uh, stop being sexually intimate. Stop it. It's going to be hard, but but stop it. For figure out ways between you and your partner to avoid certain places and scenarios that allow you to become sexually intimate. Uh, for those who aren't in relationships but find themselves sleeping around, avoid environments and scenarios that will push you to become sexually intimate, like clubs and and all these all these kind of s- scenarios, you know. Um, and and just 
figure out a way to stop yourself from continuing that sexual intimacy because it'll it'll it will st- it'll it'll be better if you it's better that you it's better late than never you know and for those who are virgins don't feel bad about it you're actually in the best position and i think that's it this has been the be a man podcast thank you for listening